right. Well, welcome to Flip Your Friday. I'm your host, Wynn Silberman. This is my co-host, Casey LeBlanc. We have a very special guest here in Chase Vinovich. <laughs> but here's the deal. I, I just want to start here, and I hope I'm talking slow enough, Casey, for you, but here's the deal. <laughs> We have rebranded a little bit. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we, we've taken some time off because actually some cool things have happened. For example, we actually have a, our first sponsor, which is huge. I think they paid us uh, all in popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it's, but it's cool. Uh, we which generated, is valuable. On the oh, yeah. last last podcast we had, we generated six dollars and thirty cents from YouTube. That's so called okay. profit. That's profit. Can't okay. go broke yeah. without making a profit. That's right. Um, so I just wanted to settle that in. Um, and then now we can begin if that's okay with you. That's what a great intro. <laughs> Thank well you. done. Thank you very much. Yeah. So Chase, um, I'd like to just get right into things. I, I know that you played football at Michigan. Um, they do play football there. Uh, but, uh, that's obviously a prominent school. It, it's a lot of people's dreams to be able to play at Michigan. And that's, that's fucking awesome. And not only that, you were a third round pick for the Patriots. He did not get drafted. Um, he did play a little bit, but he didn't get drafted. Um, but it's that's phenomenal. And, and there's a lot of a there's just a lot of allure. There's a there's a lot of uh, you know childhood dreams that that are about the NFL, and I think that's very commendable and awesome. And I wanted to thank you for being here. Okay. Um, but with that being said, I want to jump right into a, a controversy that's aligned the NFL for a couple of years now. Um, look, you were active this year. You had a fucking helmet on this year. Your last team was the Dolphins. You made you had a stat line this year, um, and and you chose to you chose to walk away from the game after playing for what, six years, right? I five mean, years. Five years. I mean, so it was. It started with the Patriots. Then you're with the Browns. With the Browns. Then yeah. the Texans, right? Yep. And then Miami. Yep. So I mean, I mean, you've had a career, and you could have continued to keep going, but you had a head injury, and it was the third, maybe third concussion, no, second, 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 second concussion. Yeah. But you decided to. Which one counts. Yeah, but those checks are nice. Yeah. Those checks are nice, and and you called and told me because I, I wanted to see how you're doing. It's like, no, man, I've, I, I think it's enough. Um, and, and I would just like to hear your perspective on this. Yeah, so it's been one heck of a journey. Whenever I went to the University of Michigan, obviously I was you know recruited there. I was a scholarship player. I ended up you know my first day of practice in spring. I was a linebacker at the time, and Coach Harbaugh was like, hey, listen, we got some injuries at tight end. Want you to, or at, yeah, we got some injuries at tight end. We want you to, to come over and play. We got some speed. Let's see how you do. And so I went over. I played running back and tight end, but found myself. Uh, I got an injury in my PCL. Ended up uh. like seventh seventh string tight end, uh. buried on the depth chart. <laughs> and you know, to go from that to MVP and then to get drafted to the third round, it was like I was already all in the positive. You know, whenever I was, you know, I'll, I'll get to this in a second. But like, whenever I was like thinking about retiring and like just moving on. I got to uh, I got to witness like people's reactions and stuff, and I thought it was really interesting. But going back to your point yeah. about injuries, right? It's obviously a violent game, hundred percent injury rate. Every person that, that steps on the football field deals with something along the, uh, their journey. Mine was like uh, it was like a flurry from uh, you know if we're, we're sticking to the injury side of things, you know, it's like I had dealt with like you know one surgery to another another injury. Um, do you want like the full breakdown, or do you want yeah, like, just go a, for okay, it? Okay, yeah. cool. I mean, so. Um, so I was up in New Hampshire in the off season of probably, it was like right around COVID, I think. So maybe like 2021, yeah. like that, that off season. And, um, something about that, sp that place, it's like the crust is thinner, they say. <laughs> and what that means is that like, you know, it's not like the mantle. It's like to the, like the other, the veil to the other side of like the spiritual realm. 
And I swear I got a, a download, like my posture changed, like how, the, like how do you describe a human experience? My all in New Hampshire. All in New Hampshire. My experience changed, like certain things I felt like romantic. How long you were you there? Um, I was there probably for like two months. Wow. I had a private chef. This lady gave us this 10,000 square foot house right on the water, uh, right on this beautiful golf course. It was like I got with this trainer and he taught me about like, you know, positioning my core and my spine. And it was like, I opened things up. It was like, I got a download from the universe. My beard grew thicker and it was like such a crazy experience. Right. How much, how long ago was this for context? This is 21. 21. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 2021. Uh, like March ish, February ish to like April ish. And so going into that summer, I was working out and I was just running like I, you know, I normally do. And before that, I had really had a, a long streak of just being healthy and, and no injuries. And I got a sports hernia. And so I got surgery on, it was a double sports hernia. So I, I had both it's, repaired. It's the worst. Exactly. Eight months at least. Right? Well, it was, it was, it was a few months uh, to come back and I, I came back and I did my thing and I played that year, but it was, uh, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, you know, chugging along, making my way, making my way downtown, as they say, and pulled my hamstring. I was on my right side, pretty bad. You know, when the off season comes around, uh, I was up back in New Hampshire, had a dream. This guy came to me. He's just like, it's time to cut your hair. Your journey has come to an end here. You know, you learned all the lessons you need to learn. And so I woke up in the morning. I was like, holy, sh you know, like, this is something here. I'm going to go cut my hair. Call my mom up, got my hair cut. The, guy, the girl made Because your hair was a, is an image. I mean, yeah, I had when I think MVP, years. and yeah. uh, again, MVP of what? Michigan, what 2018. Yeah. Yeah, you had long hair. That's a big deal. That's your image. That's what teams draft on. Teams like white linebackers with long hair. That's just the thing. Yeah, they love it. It just is. It just is. <laughs> so they draft on long hair. Uh, dude, they, I swear to God. It definitely it's helped. Samson it definitely and Delilah type shit, okay? Yeah, it definitely helped my case. It does. But I, I had real long hair, right? So I go into the facilities. And, uh, you know, I've told this story before, but it's it still is like, it's just funny. It's true. It's like, you know, I go in there. I'm like, I'm going to show them I've been working out. This is a couple days later. And I go into, you know, the Grim Reaper calls me in before the, I was about to go out for the workout. <laughs> and I was like, okay, oh, this, this is something here. Let's see what yeah. he's talking about. For those that don't know what the Grim Reaper yeah. is, can you just. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll touch yeah. on that. Okay. The, the yeah. Grim Reaper is somebody that in the football world, it's like, you know, this guy comes around. Each team has their own individual person responsible for, for grabbing somebody, taking them to the office. And basically they send them off into oblivion to, to who knows where, to another team yeah. or just release them. Uh, just get the fuck out of here. Exactly. You're out. You gotta leave. It's just like they, they die. They, <laughs> yeah, you know, they like in, in the in terms of the, the team, right? Right. And so uh, the Green Reaper calls me into Bill's office, and you know, Bill's sitting there with Matt Patricia, and he's like, "I'm gonna have a Bill, seat meaning uh, Bill J. Bill Belichick, yes, yeah, the head coach for the Patriots. By the way, you led the team in sacks. Right? Yeah, I led, led the team in sacks in yeah. 2020, and like this is uh, not you're not like a, a, a what I call a walk on, but you're not a PFA. This is your legitimate sack leader here. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, it's good color, good good yeah, thank uh, you. good context. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and so Bill, uh, you know, he's just like, you know, thank you for all your hard work. We're trading you to the Cleveland Browns, and I look at him, I'm like, Bill, it's just a haircut, man. Like it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna grow back. Like, I bet you, it's, I guarantee you, it was part of it. I was like, it's just the haircut. Like yeah. it's not that serious. Like you know, give me six months. Like, like Bill, uh, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fucking told me to do it. I know. Exactly. I had a dream. Yeah, I had a dream. Had a dream. <laughs> like, so, so, anyways, I get traded. And right in the previous season, I already said I had the sports hernia and the hamstring. Go to the Cleveland Browns. First preseason game. I'm running just like just a normal play routine. Thousand times I've done it. Pull my hamstring again, a different side this time. And then I come back from that, pull my hamstring again. 
And so I come back from that, and then I, I uh, dislocate my knee. Uh, like the game following that, play through the the rest of the season, end up. Finishing. When you dislocate, do you mean your your kneecap goes and slides well, down your calf? I, I, it or? hyperextended, so okay, it's okay. just like caused like damage to my sure. knee or whatever. Okay. But end up playing through, got like some steroid shots, et cetera, et cetera. As they say, sometimes you just gotta thug it out. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, finish the season was you know a starter for them and whatnot, and signed with the Houston Texans. So I'm like, okay, listen, you know, I've had some some unfortunate luck in terms of like you know injuries, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's behind me. And I'm striking this pad during the off season, and my thumb—you can see like I've got scars to prove it. You know, it's like my thumb went the wrong way. Like normally, your thumb's supposed to go this way. Just subluxed. Yeah, it's like it yeah. went it went this way. And you got football fingers. Too, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. They all go every which direction. Yeah. Like people see those all the time, and they're like, "Hey, man, what's wrong?" Like, yeah, it's a long story. Exactly. Yeah, there's a story. I, to I each love one this party check. Yeah. Yeah. And you I can know, remember each so one. You know exactly where it happens because when you see a finger and it's pointed, yeah, that way, east and west. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, this Rasheed shit ain't. Davis is. We have a we have a, a friend of ours who played for the Bears for seven years, and he's got this this thing it's Hook called him. a finger Hook and i've offered to pay for the surgery yeah i've offered to pay for it and he won't do it it's just it's horrible yeah. but i'm sorry yeah, no it's digress. okay I, i've asked about uh getting it amputated in my pinky because like if, uh, for those that are yeah a uh, lot, lot was gonna do it's that like it's it, you know it doesn't not supposed to go that way and it's just like kind of clunky trying to hit it oh yeah it's <laughs> weird that's a weird hand. Yeah. yeah so it's a little unfortunate <laughs> but yeah got got surgery on that was rehabbing that and then i was i went to plant with my knee broke off a piece of cartilage in my knee <laughs> And how to get surgery on that? They're starting to build up. These exactly. So, so it's just up. like this is like one after another. And then I came back from that, and I found out I tore my labrum in my hip, and I was just like, okay. So I was dealing with that, and then I came back from that, and you know, I played against the Patriots, and it was like the whole time I'm telling myself, like, you know, we 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 had the song called uh, uh, "Sink the Bismarck." It's a there's a remix on YouTube, but it's like "Gotta Sink the Bismarck" because the world depends on us, and it's like a dubstep <laughs> remix. And I was like bumping it like the training room and stuff. Like I'm coming back, I'm yeah. getting a sack. Like yeah. hell or high water, yeah. I don't care about the drag myself. The field. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting a sack against these guys. It was a preseason, like it doesn't matter you know, to most people, but like my pride was on the line. Right. You know? so it's like you're gonna you know, trade me, huh? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it was my first opportunity. Came back, got the sack, and uh, you know, following week we had a you know joint practice with the Dolphins and. And Coach McDaniel's is like a, a mastermind at like you know bringing these guys in motion in such a way where like he'll actually turn the quarterbacks back. It's just like as a defensive it's end, a mind fuck exactly. And uh, and so sure enough, I report it. They released me. The uh, you know I was I was in New York City and I was with my girlfriend. You know and you know I was just thinking about it and just like listen, like my contract was guaranteed. Like I just you know it's like I wanted to play for the Texans. I put it all on the line for to, to play football. And, uh, you know, Dolphins called me up and I said, hey, listen, they got a great team. I love the coach. Um, I, I like the defense. And that's, you know, let's go give this a try. So I went down there and and uh, was just, you know, chugging along, doing my thing, uh, you know, helping, trying to do this my This year. This year. This year. A few months ago. And uh, then I, it was in practice again and it caught a, it was a weird play because once again, you get hit all like in the head all the time, but. You know, and you don't you don't really feel anything most of the time. A couple lights, yeah, exactly. No, but, but it's true. Like a hit you've taken before, but yeah. it hits you in the right spot, the at right, the right spot, time, and like and the just, ch- yeah, exactly. And, and you, you catch feel you off. different, yeah. right? Like there's yeah. just a level when you get a concussion. I've had a couple. You like you think you're all right, or you're trying to be all right, but you're just not. There's just something off. Yeah. Your whole equilibrium is just different. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like the human experience. It's, yeah, it's hard to describe. Have you ever had a concussion? Yeah, I have. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh pal. Nice. <laughs> He's gonna dig. No, because there's a lot of people who have never had a concussion. They play. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. Well, it's been, well, think about it. Even all the way when you're, I, I didn't play Pee Wee. I don't know if you played whatever they call that, Pop Warner. But he, no. in high school, I, yeah. you know, I had a couple of concussions. But you were told to get back in there if you knew the president. Yeah, was. times have changed for sure. Yeah. Okay, so you get your second one. Yeah, so I got my second one. At that point in time, it's like you know, it's just kind of you're evaluating the situation, and um, it's just one of those things where it's you know you you gotta you gotta really think about this. And once again, you're the part of your your uh, your body that's being forced to make this decision is is the part that's injured and uh at the end of the day it's a it's a trade-off you know it's you know it's you're you're trading your you know one part of your body one part of your being uh you could argue some would argue that your brain is pretty important you know i decided that you know hey listen no knock against you know my former self for making this decision no knock against the current players that make the decision love football want to you know want to see it flourish but decided that trade-off wasn't uh wasn't for me anymore and at that point in time, at the same time, though, it's like, you know, I had this overwhelming feeling, and it's hard to uh, articulate, but it's like my grandma, she prays for me every day. I felt that her prayers for me were answered, you know, mm-hmm. were being answered. Mm-hmm. And it was something told me that it was a promotion, not a demotion. And I felt like, you know, it's like if I take this glass here and I throw it up against the wall, it'll shatter into a thousand pieces, right? But it's, it's hard to heal something. It's hard to repair. And I felt that what I was being called to do was was more along the lines of, of repair at this point rather than destroy. So let us let me ask you a question. What, what do you think of the current state of the NFL? So playing in when supposedly they've made it safer. Um, and, and through that, you've encountered two concussions. What do you feel about the NFL, the safety, the protocols, things that they're doing? Is it kind of more... To cover your ass, is it you know? Is it something that you find that there is safety measures that are that are impacting, influencing the game? What what is your <laughs> what's your take on it? They're full of shit. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I feel like it's one of those things that I uh, because of uh, a lot of uh, outside pieces and just what I'm I'm looking to do in the world. It's like I I you know I can't really uh, speak you know my my true opinion necessarily, regardless of if it's good or bad. It's just one of those things where it's like. You know, at the end of the day, people need to uh, just look at it holistically, um, value themselves, and come to their own conclusions. So when you decided, hey, I'm going to step away from the game, the game that you've played your whole life, right, there's a level of, I guess, discipline that it that clearly it takes to play that. But then when, when you get to choose, most of the time it's others choosing for you. So you're just left with no other choice. You, like, you're forced into going out and figuring it out, right? But you, you had a choice. So you make the choice, say, hey, I'm going to walk away. What was that? What was that like? Because you're, did you have something set up? Was there, was there a plan in place, or were you just, hey, my, you know, my calling is to do something different. I'm going to figure it out starting right now. Yeah, that's a great question. I'd say for me personally, it was one of those things where, you know, my whole life, I it was like just football. Like it was yeah. just like you yeah. know, it's just like this is I couldn't even imagine. Like I don't, I have no idea what else I would do in college. I majored in evolution. It provides you an identity and purpose and everything. Oh, sorry, yeah. wait, you majored in what evolution? evolutionary anthropology? So I it was early so the, on the evolution of humans. Evolution. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I that is human. I'll just study of just so you know. It's yeah, that's an interesting. I'll, I'll ask you guys a question. How old are dinosaurs? Do you guys think like T uh, Rex? How long ago do you think he was walking on Earth? Fuck. <laughs> Why don't you? Why, okay, here's what we're gonna do. Oh, no, 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 no. How long do you think? No, no, no. no but S give us A, B, or C. Give us three options. Oh, I'll okay. Tell you. oh that's okay. good negotiation. Okay, Thank okay. You, Casey. millions of years, thousands of years, hundreds of years. Well, millions, I would assume. Although, thousands. Yeah, maybe thousand. Two hundred thousand. 
it was is millions. But most yeah. people they they based off what they're taught in school are like, oh, it's millions of years dinosaurs, yeah. right? But you say it's okay, millions of years dinosaurs. Millions of years, yes. Wow. Millions of millions of years. That's crazy. Sixty million years, I believe. No shit. Regardless, oh, yeah, it's it's not necessarily the, uh, the 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 factual like amount, right? It's yeah. it's more so the 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 overarching premise. Right. If I ask you, how long have we been humans? How long would you say? I would argue some aren't even human. Thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Well, Neolithic, tens of thousands. Cro-Magnon, uh, Lucy is found in... Okay, uh, okay. Right, right. Lucy was the first human remains, right? Yeah. So as in Paris or mm-hmm. so, that's like, uh, so 200,000? Yeah, it's 200,000 years, right? Exactly. That's Again, Northwestern education, but go ahead. That's, yeah, yeah. that's the difference right there. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the A-state school. Hey, I, I, don't, I don't make any qualms you about it. You want to get it. into that later, though. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But no, no, no. Hey, if we're if we're talking about useful, useless facts, I mean, you guys are going to win every <laughs> yeah. single time. Yeah, let's go win. Win, 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 win. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's go. We, got, we got the useless facts. <laughs> yeah, 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 we got that unlocked. But, yeah, oh, for anyone listening, they, uh, already, they already talked about this before oh, the podcast. There's yeah. no way. all right that's fine let's exclude lucy let's keep going yeah so the premise was i you know honestly i saw a a person get hawked out by a saber-toothed tiger this like early like primate looking creature and i was like holy hell so like we went through that yeah you know like we survived that i just felt like you know like uh because of we live in the society where it's like okay you know you go to school dinosaurs millions of years old but humans like because some textbook yeah, so much. Yeah. or some re- some religious script says hey we were, earth is only 10,000 years old right. or whatever you know humans walked with dinosaurs and all this stuff where it's like there's a clear conflict here going on and uh it was really interesting for me but I guess the point of all that is that, like, you know, I felt that, like, you know, whenever I got in the NFL, it was, like, my mindset my mindset sort of shifted. And it went from uh, it went from being a place of, like, hey, listen, football is everything. Football is all I want to do. Like, I'd give anything, my whole body, my being for this, to, uh, you know, I had this injury where I was, I was tackling this, this, this short little running back on the Patriots. And it was a live tackling drill in practice. I was a starter on the Patriots at the time. And I wanted to hit him. And, uh, you know, I tackled him, but he like speared me once again and my whole body went numb, you know? And it was like, I was laying there. I was like, Oh, you know, it's like my whole body, like, like the, the, the feeling of not having any feeling has a feeling, you know, it's, it's hard to describe unless you've experienced it. Um, and so it's just like, once that moment, I was just like, I went up to, you know, somebody on the PA and I said, I said, I swear. You yeah. guys heard that too, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that was the tackle at the Patriots. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got sound that, that, that's, that's basically yeah. the noise that well, I You were really manifest, manifesting some weird shit, but I it's know, great. I know. <laughs> I know, exactly. But I was just like, uh, you know, I was just like, if I got hit by a bus, how long would it take for them to replace me? A minute? And he started laughing. He's like, probably less. Yeah. And so in that moment, it kind of dawned on me that uh, – Hey, listen, uh, you know, it's like, I, I know that I can think in different ways than, you know, some of my peers can, I, I felt like just in general, not just football. Um, you know, it's like, how can I, I use my mind rather than just my physical being. So I, I, I started dabbling in some, some business stuff in the off season just to kind of get acquainted with it. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's one of those things that like, once the seed is planted, you know, in your mind, in your heart, it's it's not, I hate to say the beginning of the end of my football career, but it's the, it's the beginning of, of a new chapter. It's, you know, it just, it was a matter of, of the, my life and the situation with the concussions oh, it, and my injuries, it is. you know, bringing it to fruition. And, 
And so it, it was almost like when that time came with that second concussion that it was almost like it was uh, it became so abundantly clear. You know, it's very thing. it's very interesting that you say that. Obviously, I, I was an agent for almost uh, 20 years, an NFL agent, and represented a number of guys, over 100 NFL athletes. The moment an athlete would call me, because it's arguably one of the most competitive leagues in the world, the moment an athlete would call me and say, I just don't know. It's over. Like doing this. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. over. That's a wrap. Yeah. That's how competitive it is. Well, it's interesting when I want to talk to you about it a little bit is the, if you can, I'm one of my passion projects is how to transition from football to a career, specifically entrepreneurship. It just, I loved it. it. It gives me the same rush as I felt, maybe not physically, but mentally. And as you looked out into you know, the unknown, did you already know, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur? Did you say, hey, I want to go work for someone? Or could you leverage some of your name and likeness? What You were dabbling in things, but dabbling in things is different because you already, you're collecting a paycheck. I always tell people, you're not an entrepreneur until your efforts equal your pay, and that like risk is real. What did you do? What was your like transition from, hey, I have a, my second concussion. I'm not willing to risk a third. I believe in myself. And then 100% of your income is geared off of whatever you can do to create revenue or money or opportunity. Like, What was that like? Yeah, so I guess all I can say is that I'm crazy. And I couldn't imagine being normal. Like my brain moves 1,000 miles per hour. And I know just from, you know, anecdotal experiences, when I'm convicted on something, there's, I feel that there's nothing that I can't do. There's nothing that I can't accomplish. And, um, you know, I, I just think that there's a lot more that goes with that, but. Which we want to dive into. I think that's a really good point, right? When you make a decision, right? Hey, I'm done with football. So I made the decision, Hey, I'm going to go do this. And you don't believe that there's anything that can stand in your way. Well, I, I had, I had, uh, already begun kind of this, uh, you know, fleshing out this idea and, and piecing together the team to kind of make it happen. Okay. Like very, uh, serendipitously. So I, you had, you had one foot out the door. Oh, I didn't have one foot out the door necessarily. It was kind of like, Hey, listen, I'm going to focus on football. However, I'm going to like kind of like lend my, lend my presence to like kind of like, you know, like this that. piece because I felt like they're like my success on the football field would, would help, you know, help with the uh, fruition of And, it's, and also to, you know, there's an expiration date, right? There, it's like death. You know, it's going to happen. You just don't know when, you know, you're out of the NFL. You just don't know when. Yeah. I feel like, and I mean this like in the, the most respectful way possible, but I, I just feel like that is a, that's a, a very typical like response where I didn't view it necessarily from a fear-based thing is like, Oh, it's going to happen. Or, you know, it's like the inevitable or like, it's like almost like, uh, what am I being called to do? What am I being called to serve in, in the, in the, to the universe in which ways? And for me, I felt that I had this idea, right. You know, it was early on in my, my career at the Patriots. I came across that, you know, they were talking about this, how one of my teammates on the Patriots, um, somebody took a picture of him while he was sleeping. And put it online with as a receiver. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't have the name of it. Exactly, exactly. Um, and somebody put it online, and, and and my premise was like he didn't do anything wrong. He just fell asleep, and I was like, well, that could be me. That could be my other teammates. That could be the entire NFL. Like you know, anybody is subject to that. Like you're sleeping. How do you know someone's taking a picture of you or they're not? Like, and so you know, and I was thinking about it, and then I was you know, a situation with a, a dog walker, like posting pictures of my dog. 
just or that you know that example, right? Or babysitters, or you know people that you just meet that you're just like letting into your orbit. And so, um, you know, the the premise is: why should somebody be able to come into your life that you don't know and be able to share your story without any repercussions? You know, it's like I can't I can't share their story. Nobody like I could, but nobody really will. Well, actually, hear. you can now with AI. What can you do? You can now with AI. You can literally have I can have uh, President Obama. Uh, making out with with President Biden right now through AI. I don't believe you. I swear to God. Can you well, make out image, with you too? Image and likeness. It's he not. What, he's not yes. talking about real. Yeah, yeah. he's not talking about real. Yeah. Life. Exactly. exactly. That, that's joking. one of the dangers of AI. But one thousand percent. Yeah. And that that's a great point. Is that like there's other issues and nuances with this yeah. sort of reality that we're also facing. But like you know, how do you solve that? But what's the, sorry, I, I, I miss it. What's the business? Like you so had an the, idea. The business I, is this. Can you grab my phone real quick, somebody? Uh, please. Thank you. I'll show you the, the business right here. Don't worry. We have sound effects going off at weird times. Yeah. We've got yeah. background stuff going on. There's a, this is a, this is all like have a cocktail, you know, yeah, just yeah. enjoy yourself. Make it rich, relax. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the business is this. So if you, we did a thorough market, market analysis, excuse me, and we saw that there's 342 other e-signature companies. The two things they don't do is number one, they don't have a solution for in-person signatures which is extremely relevant if you're talking about you know, NDAs. Like my, my process was I had to go get a lawyer. You know, it's, I didn't want to get a, a slap lawyer. I wanted to get a, 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 an elite lawyer, a good lawyer. $1,000 at least it cost me. I had to go get a printer. I had to get paper. I had to get ink. I had to have pens. It was like awkward. I had to sit in front of them. I went out somewhere. I had to have paper for everybody. Or the alternative was like DocuSign. It was just like, you know, like I couldn't imagine asking a girl that I had just met to like, hey, what's your email? I want to docu-sign this document. Yeah. Yeah. It just seemed uh, very antiquated. So what we, we created was this. So, uh, and I, I can show it for those, you know, I can tell you about yeah, it for those. Graphics. Graphics. So there's yeah. a QR. So okay. there's, there's a QR code, right? Mm -hmm. And so we patented the ability to sign a legal document via a QR code. And the same thing for, you know, NFC. So basically, if you wanted to tap your phone, it could just pop up on your phone by scanning it or you could have 10 people sign it or 10 people tap it. Pops up in your phone. You the document's there. It has a couple bullet points for what you're going to be agreeing to, and you can click sign. So for whether it's for business, whether it's for NDA, like hey, listen, you don't say nothing about me. Or what I think is ultimately probably the best is a mutual NDA, meaning like whatever happens between Absolutely. us stays between us. So you're talking about pretty standardized legal documents that you're trying to sign with people that potentially could use something against you like it could be anything because it's like uh most recently ryan shazir his wife shared a bunch of screenshots from some conversation he had with you know a, a, another woman the thing is ryan shazir never gets an opportunity to actually go out in the, the court a public opinion and say you know people aren't like hold on guys you know, wait a second. Oh, here. It's already over. It's already over. He's cooked. His He's, reputation yep, forever is tarnished. Similar yep. to how the glass you throw it up against the wall, it's done. Dunzo. Like there's nothing he could do or say or she could say that reverses the damage that's already been done because it's not as catchy the way it works. So it's like to me, it's so obvious that people already sign NDAs. Right now, the the process is very antiquated. So we we did that, and then we also are working with a law firm now to create. Uh, also a first, you know, from our, our research, right? Uh, a lawyer or law firm verified contract. So on one hand, we actually give them the contract. And in, in my instruction to the lawyer was like, imagine if you were making this for, he's a Pittsburgh lawyer, but imagine if you're making this for Sidney Crosby or for your kid. You know, it's like, it's got to be that level, like you can trust. 
And uh, in addition to that, we're looking into offering insurance to those people so that it's like if you sign that, you know, under these circumstances with this process, if someone violates it, we'll actually go after them on your behalf to give our our contracts a little bit more substance, which you can't do if you just have any random document. So just I'm a state school guy. Right. So we have to you have, I have to dumb it down. At sure. The most basic thing. So how does signing through a QR code solve the Ryan Shazier situation? Well, the thing is. And I keep going back to the glass because, you know, the glass is perfectly intact as it is. So is his reputation, his name, image, and likeness. But once you post it online, Mm -hmm. once you you do that, once you shatter that glass, it's too late. So the the NDA is one of those things. Most legal documents don't actually go to court. However, it could. You know, like if she sold it right now, if there was there was like child support that he had to pay, he could potentially, you know, I'm not saying that it's specifically child support. I'm just using it as an example um, where it's like, it's a deterrent. And and that's ultimately what it serves as the most is that in her mind, she knows that if she posts she's done something and she can't do it anymore because she's done. No, no, it. no. Well, it well, deters well, her from the first it deters it from, from even, the first even one. posting those screenshots in the, the first, first place because she knows that if she So does you're that, saying like the Ryan Shazier's of the world would walk around on their phone QR in code. human interaction, they would be able to sign NDAs to deter some of the behaviors that potentially could happen for, for people that are famous. Is that the... Exactly. That's the premise. That's the premise. That's the problem that you're, you're, exactly. you're trying to solve. Well, okay. initially, yes. Initially. Okay. And so, what, is it just the fact that you can have it on your phone? It's easy. There's a standard NDA. I mean, I've signed thousands of NDAs, and they're, they're pretty standard, right? And that's exactly what it does. Like, do they hold them in court? Well, most of the time, they don't get to court. Exactly. 99.9% of the yes. time. And you're just but you think to about it, and, and I know anecdotally that, like, people yes. that I've made sign NDAs. So you're just making it easy me. for somebody make, to make sign. Make it easier, because like I said, nobody solved for an electronic solution, which we filed the patent for uh, back in November. Um, Got it. Nobody's, okay. nobody's created the electronic solution. Nobody's actually providing these documents to them. So what in practicality, right? Like if you're famous, you have interactions with your house cleaner, with your dog yeah. walker, with your, you know, and all of the, them are under NDA. Every one of them. Every one of them. How do they store them? They, well, if it's paper, they got to have filing cabinets. It's like, well, a, the trees, the trees. No one's grow. doing that. Are yeah. they? It, well, people have, yeah, paper NDAs all the time. Yeah. I mean, I have conversations on this topic all the time. I mean, otherwise, but, but gotta, also too, like you have to prepare it. You have to like, you got to print it. You got to have. You got to have ink. You know, yeah. it's like there's so many things. If you go out in public, you're on a yacht. You're Leonardo DiCaprio, for example. He's not a client of Signet yet, but he should be. It's like you know, if like imagine if you just had it on the wall. QR What's the name of the company? We we'll make sure Signet. We, Signet, Signet like the ring. Signet. Okay. Signet like the ring. Okay. So Signet. Okay. So yeah, you want to you want to be able to sign legal documents quickly and easily. Exactly. And I'm in the business. That's my business. Yes. Is signing documents. We move information and documentation and legal um, exposure back and forth and. You know, electronic signatures, how we, we were one of the first actually in our space. And it's not easy. And it actually still is. Now you're seeing more video signature and stuff like there's getting, you're getting into the notarization part of it. Are you guys doing anything with that where you're. So I, I know that there's already a couple companies. I got a burp. Sorry. That's right. Uh, I know there's already a couple companies. In but maybe partnering in, with in, some of that in this space that, that do notaries and stuff. I don't know if that's necessarily our forte. I think that, uh, you know, there's two avenues that initially we want to target. Number one is athletes, artists, and content creators. Okay. Number two is we want to transition to, uh, to startups because if you're a startup, think about it, you enter the world, like there's startups happen all the time. They have great ideas that are help. We want to help that process. We want to help these people that are trying to solve problems with technology. But if they do that, they got to go to a lawyer, it, that that is exponential, ten thousand dollars at least. 
you know, to get all the documents you need through like the proper channels, like IE a lawyer. We want to work with a lawyer to actually create those documents on the front end. But also it's like, what distinguishes one e-signature company from another? Like if I ask, yes, most people on the street, what is DocuSign versus Panadoc versus, you know, drop sign. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's the cost. And it's like DocuSign has a little bit of a Kleenex factor to it where it's 1000%. It's a verb. It's like Uber, you know, you call Lyft, but you're going to say, Hey, I'm going to call an Uber. It's just like, and, and, and we understood that. That's why it's like you know, the way we're positioning ourselves is is targeting waters that aren't so entrenched with uh, these bigger players. So right how now. do you go? How do you go to market? How do you take this to the NFL, to the NBA, to athletes, to you know singers, content creators? How do you go right where they coagulate? The star power coagulates. Is so L A. Put it. So no, no. L <laughs> A. LA. LA, maybe, Good but point. Uh, like agencies, you know, uh, PAs, for example. Uh, just, you know, you can sell one person or you can sell 1700 in the case of the NFL. So, you know, it's like, it's an obvious value add that it's like at the end of the day, they want to make their players look good. They have a vested interest and NDAs are just one example of, of a document that is, you know, you know, is, is very rare. Like it works obviously. Otherwise people wouldn't have people sign NDAs if it didn't work. And then secondly, it's like, just like I said, it's one example because there's tattoo affidavits. So if a, say for example, a player gets a tattoo, who owns that tattoo? Like, you know, like you are the artist that like you took the picture, right? Like similar. It's like, does the, does the person that gets the tattoo that pays for it, you know, how do you like, what, what substance like does, do you have? And right. so the tattoo affidavit helps like. So you're taking a group of standardized documents and just making it easy for someone who's famous to be able to get those done exactly. like, almost on the floor. Well, they're constant, you- it's evergreen. Michael Jordan's always going to be Michael Jordan, right? Far after he's shoot, done shooting hoops. Same thing with, with these, these clientele and same thing for like, think about it. They're always coming in 300 or so, whatever, come into the NFL every year. It's like what documents they use to actually protect themselves. Same thing with college. It's like athletic departments. Once again, it's like it's an honor. But isn't there just so many people that they're interacting with? Like they, I mean, their agent and there's a gatekeeper to most famous people, right? And most interactions that they're doing. I mean, well, to your point, it's like if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, sure, you're going to have your manager, but what, what process do they use? You know, they're paying for some, some, well, let's not take Leonardo. Leonardo's the top of the top. He's got a team of people that are doing all that Uh shit for him. Right. But I'm, I'm just saying like a, like a sixth round draft pick who is, you know, making a million dollars a year on a team who's, you know, who plays four or five years. I would say his name, image and likeness is even more important. I, I agree, but it's I'm not, saying like know, one, one bad one bad article. I totally about agree, that person, but that's like, not my gone. point. Yeah, he's not. The Grim Reaper gets his ass, that's and you'll point. never see that's him. That, but that's not my point. My point is that he doesn't he doesn't have the ability to afford a team like of gatekeepers. One thousand percent. So he's got fifty people that he's interacting with. Does he go and try to get these documents signed by everybody? Does it become a paranoia where? Do you have what? What, what obstacles are what, you what, finding when you're talking about famous people and you're like, "Hey, I need you to sign fucking documents with everybody," because you're fucking exposed in like a way in which <laughs> yeah. the normal person is not. Well, but a guy who's making a million bucks in the NFL, he's taking home five hundred thousand, mm-hmm. but he's working with a hundred people because he's he's overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, if you're working with a hundred people and you're playing in the NFL, I think you probably like you know a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's it's probably the more extreme. I, I'd say more likely than not that you have your team built out that, you know, it's like there's certain instances that really can cause, uh, uh, what's the right word for it? Like an uneven 
distribution of damage to your likeness. Okay. And so if you're out on a date for the first time with a woman, right, there's something to be said for, you know, is someone telling the truth, right? Because I, I dated a compulsive liar once. That's a, a story for, uh, for That's what we want to get yeah, into. Exactly. Yeah, the compulsive yeah, yeah. told me that you, were, you weren't going to tell him about us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheers. Yeah. Okay, so, and no, no, no. And but so, go, it's, so it, it's, yeah, it's like. So on a first date, you open with, Hey, if you want the tap, whole tap truth, the phone, nothing. Scan, scan, you know what? I had that with uh, with Sam. No one's asking you. Your oh, your no. your dating oh, life is oh, long I'm retired. Not talking about dating life. No, I, we want to talk to the to the I'm guy. Just saying it exists. It exists with the World Series. I MVP. understand. No, yeah. I get it. Yeah. No, I understand. But yeah. it, but is that something that you've done? Where you sit down on a first date, and you're like, hey, tap this. Uh, and yes. Have you really? Well, I haven't. I haven't what, done it. What with, is the reaction with our with our app yet? Because like I said, we're working with a lawyer. Like I, I'm not I'm not necessarily pushing this in the mass distribution yet as yeah. I will. Sure. But we're we're probably a, uh, maybe a week or two away. Like we're in the final talks with the law firm too. But you've done this. You've sat down. Uh, I've sat down. Yeah, with NDAs, NDAs and all that stuff. Exactly. Um, my I logic. Think, I think we'll probably what, turn a chick on. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I, I'm going with there, this. It, yeah. it is. I'm they, going they, with this. I become a new client. Almost an instant yeah. close. And exactly. also too, it's like it creates some level of you know boundary. Yeah. It and does. it's if you present it as a mutual NDA. It's not as you don't say anything about me. Yeah, it's not. I'm it's an like, asshole. It's like here, I'm. I, I'm very serious. I'm. I'm up here. Well, with social media too. too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. just like, hey, let's keep this everything. Sometimes there's everything comments that get posted that are. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, we don't yeah. like those. <laughs> <Some> bad comments. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah, just funny. Like, that's the opener. Is like, hey, <laughs> we're mutual NDA. Exactly. So yeah. you're 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 mates. Yeah. You're, you're, you're as they say in Britain, right? You're, uh, you're yeah. your boys. Yeah. It's like that. There's a you you've known them for years. Right. They don't have the, they're not in the same position. Right. And I was saying this earlier about like, you know, what is their incentive to lie? Do they, do they have something to gain? What is their reputation from their friends? It's like, once again, it's like these people clearly have something to lie, especially in the case, like, you know, this is something to said for prenups. It is a different argument. I'm not, we're not yeah. in that world. Well, but let me make an argument for prenup, which is very, it's actually exactly what you're talking about with signing this thing. Exactly. On the first date. Both are the, the reason why I would be for, uh, prenups or why I was uh, for many years I was asked to facilitate the prenup between athlete and spouse when your wife uh, made you sign a prenup is that what you're talking no, about mine mine didn't but oh, she uh, that's didn't. all she should have yes. um, no the <laughs> the point is <laughs> your prenup is should be signed when both people are happy exactly and that's the point once the battle lines are drawn Right. Once like that the, is a very once good the point. breakup happens, you can't make them sign an NDA. It's too any late. legal the, document. It goes or, or any, any legal document. That, exactly. Or and honestly, too, any negotiation. Any and not, the, the, yeah. once you've already no. like things. That's why. That's the only way I could get these people to sign. It's like, look, you guys are in love. You're gonna. This is a good agreement. If something goes to shit, this thing goes out the window. This is the best time to do it. Exactly. Ask Tiger Woods. I feel like this you, is. The would you stop case. touching your microphone, by the <laughs> way? Sure. Right. Yeah. Ask Tiger Woods. Ask Tiger Woods <laughs> if, if he regrets signing an NDA. It's like, yeah. I don't know if if anybody's saying he could be the. He, what a great poster child for the business. He's he'll probably he's probably a like an avid listener of our podcast. He is. I would anticipate. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we, I mean, you, yeah. I mean, we hey, we only want a fifteen percent royalty. Yeah. Like if he signs up, 15, I think yeah, fifteen. 16. Oh, yeah. Thank you, negotiator. Okay. Yeah. Now, hey, because it's so simpatico with us right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have a document to protect me from him? I have a series of documents. <laughs> <laughs> what a good plug for that. Uh, okay. So we, I would be remiss. We would be remiss to yeah. not talk a little bit about, and we're going to transition it back into business, but sure. everyone talks about this Patriot way, right? And that was, was that your first team, right? That was my first team. Yep. So what is that? And what did it do to 
like in business? Like, what is that? Did do you take anything away from it now as you look to you know be the CEO? CEO, right? Yep, You're the CEO. Okay. Yeah, no, one thousand percent. I learned a ton. I, I feel that you you know just even on the Uber drive down here, right? I learned a lot. Speaking about that, I have to piss in a bottle right now. I might have to piss. Like, I have to go piss. <laughs> It's the most most important part of the fucking story. I'm gonna piss my pants. The most important fucking question we ask is he had he was ready. I know. I just want to give you shit. I was gonna piss my pants. Not only are your questions bad, but your timing. Oh god. God. (laughs) This is the beauty of non-live content, and so we were. Of course, right when I get to the good stuff, when abruptly, you know, he interjects, which is great. Hey, you know what? That that creates uh, the mystery of the the answer. And the question was originally, not that I really remember, but we were getting to the Patriot way and trying to understand that. And I know you've been asked this a thousand times, and we're going to, you know, just jump right into that as well. But I'm curious because everyone talks about it. There's a lot of probably myth around it. There's probably a lot of truth around it. There's probably a lot of unknown around it. But what did it mean to you? And then we'll 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 kind of piggyback that into some of the things that you're doing from an entrepreneurial, you know. But but football wise, and even life wise, what what can people How apply from business? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. When it comes to the Patriot Way and what I've learned from it, my first time sitting with one of my first times sitting with Bill Belichick, who was a rookie. You know, he come in as a rookie symposium, whatever. Eventually, Tom Brady comes in. My first meeting with him. He's a Michigan grad, and. Uh, so I'm sitting right next to him, and after he's like ferociously writing notes, right? Who? Tom Brady. Okay. I'm sitting right next to him. And after we get done with the meeting, he's like, hey, did you take notes? And I'm like, yeah, I got notes. I'm like, probably a page. You know, I'd already heard this speech because he it was like, it was like kind of a recap of what he had already kind of like said to us. And he's like, no, when, when he speaks, he's the most, you know, he's the best coach of all time. It's the most important thing in the world. And I was like, whoa, you know, it's just like, it's like, wow, like interesting. And so, you know, that's a deeper, like, kind of, uh, not Zen, but, like, sort of philosophical approach to his life. Like, whatever's in front of you is the most important thing in the world because, like, vibrationally, it changes the whole interaction, right, and what you get from it. But, you know, what it taught me was, like, kind of an approach towards Bill where it wasn't, like, you know, necessarily always just about football. It's about, like, business and life and philosophy and, like, an approach towards solving problems that he has to deal with. And something that I've learned along amongst my travels or you know, my time with the Patriots was Bill's approach towards, you know, the, once again, problem solving and looking at people, right? Cause like there's different strategies. Think about it. If you're a GM, you can pay a few people, your key players, marquee players, a bunch of money, and then fill the salary cap up with like, you know, kind of like lower level players, et cetera, et cetera. Bill's approach is a little different. See, he gets a bunch of like medium talent players for the most part, medium pay, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, he sprinkles in maybe a, a couple, one or two high-level players and a couple low-level players. But for the most part, it's, like, very, very like kind of, like, the middle of the road. And his thing is, like, you know, certain people are put on this earth to do certain things. You want to want your pilot to make your, your coffee, and you want to want your barista fly in your plane. You know, it's, like, certain people are really good at doing certain things. And so let's just figure out, like, what the team is trying to do. Say it's third and long versus, like, second and short. You know, and say, okay, base or first and short or third and short, short rather. You know, it's like 
based on that situation, let's put personnel and people in that are really good at doing that specific thing. So if we're trying to throw a go ball, don't put somebody that's really good at slants to run the, the fade. You know, it's like, let's put them in that sort of position. And as CEO of my company right now, it's like, that's that's really how I evaluate people and talent is like, you know, it's like, you know, and I ask myself this, it's like, am, you know, what is this person really good at? And how do I put them in that best position to to really flourish and just like, you know, just, just let them rip. Just that's do that coaching. Thing. That's, I, I would say that's the epitome of coaching. It's not forcing a system on a particular person. It's recognizing that person's talent and seeing where that fits for you. Six were, there example, were there certain examples while you were there, <clears throat> because you played with, for so many different teams, that, that when you look back on your NFL career, where you're like, man, there, there was a, just a distinct difference in the way that we – eat breakfast before a game, the way that we did a team meeting. Was there, is there anything that you could give us that's a little different than what we see as a common person who just sees the game for three hours or maybe the highlights of an interview, but just like a, something that nobody would really know that maybe you, you would take away as something that was important post-career that you're like, wow, that was different. And, and again, I use it from the standpoint of you didn't just play for the Patriots, so you do have – you know, five teams. And so you have comparison as to how we really did this different. Yeah. I think that, uh, the proof is in the pudding, right? You know, it's like, I have my own opinions about stuff that I think puts players in the best position. Mm -hmm. I thought coach McDaniels down in at the dolphins. I thought he did an excellent job. I, I loved playing for him. Like even times like there's stories that I can't sh share on the air, but it's like, there's <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> but when you see these clips of him now, that's very real. Yeah, right. it's, it's very real. Okay. And just, like, dealing with him is just, like, his philosophy towards, like, players and just, like, you know, like, creating and Coach Stefanski on uh, the Browns was the same way. Just, like, when I got there, it was such a change in attitude. I felt like on the Patriots the whole time, it was, like, you know, I had to, like, pretend to be something. It was almost like it was, like, they're, like, it's it's very, like, you know, like. Rigid. Rigid. Like, you have to conform. You know, where it's like I'm, I'm like more open to the universe. Like I just want to be myself. Is, in a world is that changing? Are you seeing because you're seeing the Patriots now, and you're seeing some of that erode to some degree? Meaning, if you're not winning and you have to be in your rigid, shit doesn't work. Like if if yeah. if I'm running a culture and we're not producing, the culture is not going to be the same. Tom right? Brady, when you win, yeah, exactly, right? Like that, that's real. I mean, Those Tom Brady. Fun. It's like part of his philosophy is like. There's a certain thing, and I mean this respectfully, because I, I texted him Merry Christmas, uh, you know, the other day, and he never answered me, unfortunately. So maybe he's just getting around to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's probably a two-week response. Guy. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it's, he'll, he'll get around to it when he's. he's I picked him off twice in high school. Don't worry about it. Who, Bill Belichick? No, Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm talking about Bill Belichick here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not talking about high school oh, sorry, football. Yeah, 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 that's that's pretty cool though. Picked out twice. I mean, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> when we start talking about high school stats, we just, oh, we're okay. talking about Northwestern go. stats yeah, though. Yeah, okay. well, yeah, we, we don't, don't have a lot of those to yeah, talk yeah, about. Don't talk about those. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. It'd be a short conversation. I got paid. Pow, 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 pow. I got paid way more much money, way a lot more money uh, to play a sport than he did, and that's just the truth. How so? I played basketball for two years in Sweden. I got paid way more money than he ever got his about 5,000 bucks to be in the Niners. Yeah, the signing bonuses. Yeah, so, I mean, technically, listen. technically, if we wow. go one, two, three here, okay, he was paid the that's, most. Let's that's, that's talk about the numbers yeah, here. He was okay. paid the most. I'm paid the second, and you're the runt. 
Oh, really? Yeah, well, I'm just saying, uh, salary-wise. Do we no, want to no, talk? No. No, we don't no. want to do that. No. You don't want to talk? Yeah. I don't know what we're, we're talking about, about but I, I want to talk about it. Yeah, I do wish that. I love that. Exactly. No. I want to talk about it. So, yeah. The tape doesn't lie. The P&L doesn't lie. The eye in the sky. There's a lot to talk about here. We have a lot to dive into. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. Always, yeah. Wow. Hey. Half podcast halftime guy has a has a story he wants to talk about. Okay, <laughs> all right. This continue. is not your podcast, sir. Yeah, if you want to talk about it, we sure can. I wish it was. Yeah. All right, keep going. Yeah. So uh, we were well, Mike McDaniel. <laughs> oh, so, Mike McDaniel. So we, very, you, were like, at the, you were at the tail end of the of the culture, the Patriot way, right? Like they they had started to kind of transition a little bit away from <laughs> Super Bowl every single year, and then you went to Mike McDaniel and some of the newer. Coaches, do you see that as being a trend in the NFL? These the younger guys with that are culture that are that are player first versus, hey, my way. You're, we're going to be very rigid in how we do it. Yeah, I think that systems can work if you have the right personnel. Okay, and part mm-hmm. of Bill Belichick's philosophy. And once again, I, I was I was getting this earlier, but it's like I mean this respectfully. It's like part of his whole thing is like there's a feeling around the end of camp. Where it's like, you know, especially historically, where it's just like, you know, there's going to be a series of cuts and there's a certain energy. It's like, even if, like I knew as a third round draft pick, I wasn't getting cut, but I'm like, maybe I am, you know? And that energy and that that idea Mm. was part of his shtick, if you will. It's like, sort of like, hey, listen, like anybody can get it. Anybody, anywhere. And it's like he, in meetings, like he would crucify people and myself included some of the times. Like, you know, it's just like, I could have, uh, you know, Four straight weeks of like flawless execution, but great performance. But that one game we lost, you know, it's like, you know, in front of everybody, you didn't want to be that person. And so that sort of fear was part of his, his thing. But on the other side of it was the optimism, right? So it kind yeah. of like, you know, it was this like your, your roots have to go to hell so your branches can go to heaven, if you will. And... Yeah, boom, mic drop. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like it, it's like <laughs> he had. Yeah, this, yeah. Did he say that? No, he didn't say that. Oh, but but for, but but my okay. interpretation of yeah, it, yeah, and like yeah. so when you have Tom Brady, right, and you're winning these Super Bowls, it's like my especially my rookie year, like you know with Tom, it's like you know it's like shoot, like you know the expectation was almost there. It's like you know this this isn't in vain. Us getting yeah. crucified isn't isn't for us to win four or five games. We're, we're going to win the Super Bowl. This is to win the Super Bowl. This is a, a, a not a sacrifice because it's not like we're getting nothing in return. This is a process. This is a trade. This is a trade. I'm trading this pain this this anguish like to make me the best player i could be but when you don't have that you don't have that anchor you don't have that that belief and you don't have that peace uh that that stuff kind of goes by the wayside in the process uh and misses a piece all of a sudden now you have this certain like a certain level of toxicity that builds up within your system that um that is it's hard to account for and it's hard to replace somebody like that is generational talent that is tom brady yeah like at that position what what was more difficult college camp or pro camp I say college camp. Yeah. Yeah. In, in different ways. I'd say the NFL camp was, is hard in its own way, but it's like, it's more it's mental. Right? It's more mental. Right? It's more, it's more mental. Cause yeah. once again, playing for the, the Patriots, it's very like, you know, you, you never know, you know, yeah. but like college is very, uh, it's hard because like, you know, in spring ball, for example, which isn't true. And you're camp. fighting for your position. Well, you're fighting for your position, but it's also practice. If like with Jim Harbaugh, it's like, it was, it was four hour practices every other day, yeah. full pads, you know, it's like, it's like that sort of like psychological, like you got to just keep going and going and going and like right in the spring and then you come back in camp and it's like the, you know, the same sort of like, so do you, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I asked this question on, on to, in most every podcast, was there a moment, high school, college, anytime in your life where you were, you felt broken, where you went through an experience or it could be something in your personal life, could be something in sport, could be something family 
anything, but almost everyone, there's a common thread that they got to what would, for most people would break them. And, it, and when I say break, I mean, it's the longevity in which they break. And it's just like, what was the, the most trying experience or time? And what was it? And then what did you do to get out of it? You ask really great questions. Not say when does. I don't know. He, he does. Always have less, but he studies. No, he does. He, yeah. he, he, he knows his stuff. You can tell. I appreciate that. Thank Thanks. you. Um, I just want to say, um, yeah, so there was a time I'd say, and it's not how the, the script plays out, right? You look at society, they have their own kind of uh, expectations and, you know, sort of like they, um, they look at like myself, right? Like, you know, I just got ex accepted to the Thomas Jefferson, my high school's hall of fame. Like I just, I just retired. Like, you know, it's like, Very cool. it, it's, th yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I don't mean it like that. It's just like, you know, it's like they, they look at it and they say like, Oh wow. Like this is so incredible. Like this is the way that's all they see. Exactly. Yeah. But, but it, for me, it's like, I, I'm, I consider myself very blessed because uh, you know, I, I feel that I'm, I'm more expansive than that in a certain way. And what I mean by that is that, when I was on the Patriots, I was a st I led the Patriots in sacks in 2020. That same year, I was a starter, and I thought, you know, I was doing really good. And one time, you know, I wasn't going in the game, and I went up and asked the one coach. I said, hey, like, you know, did I, did I do something? You know, like, did I, did I mess something up or something? Like, he's just like, no, it's just the game plan. And that, that was part of, like, Bill's thing. He had, like, game plans for certain personnel versus, you know, whatever. And I was like, what's our game plan to lose? Like, in my head, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like are we trying to blow the game? Like, yeah. put me in the game. Like, I'm a good player, you know? It's like, I'm a great player, you know? It's like, um, and it was like that, that sort of yin and yang where it's like, I had the expectation. I had the pressure from my family. It was like, almost like they, they gave me something, right. They, they gave me this, like this role and this responsibility. And it's like, I loved it. I, I embraced it. And it was like, it was exhilarating, like, you know, like to, to do this and, and like to like feel it like taken away in like some games, I just like, you know, a couple games, there's like two or three that I just really didn't go in the game that much. Deflating. It deflating. Right. And it's like almost like during that process though, it was just like, once again, you talk about it high and low, right. It was like, almost like they gave me this gift, this, this, this opportunity. And it was like at the same time, they were just like ripping it from me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like my, you know, interactions with my family and friends, it was almost like, you know, I had lost something, you know, meanwhile, I was a seven string tight end at Michigan. You know, in my head, it was just like, you know, like I, I had already accomplished but, way more than anybody from my high school. Like most of the, how uh, fascinating is it that all this is wrapped up? What you're really explaining to this is wrapped up in your identity. This is the essence of exactly. You. It's, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's stripped away it's my true. identity and how I viewed myself. Yeah. And that process was a bitch and it was, it was very painful for me. And it was like the culmination of a lot of like, you know, going into college, some like, you know, just negative feelings I had about myself. And like, you know, it was just like, you know, just be, having that stripped away from me, it kind of like, it just like, it, it, it's not something that you like want to go through. It's like being thrown into an ice bath. Like yeah. you're like, you're waking up and having ice dumped on your head. It's like not something you like want, but you wake up and you're like, after it's done, you're like, wow, I'm pretty feel energized amazing. i feel amazing but and you needed it, to go through the crucible exactly but so you're you're the most difficult moment <clears throat> was being a superstar and being temporarily bent yeah yin and yang like the, the yin and yang it was no 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 but it's the the because you're really just battling your ego at that point exactly and that's one thousand and being manipulated by a coach no I think. because yeah, it's exactly. not manipulation necessarily i, I think it is I, I mean that that's debatable maybe maybe you can opine on that but it really is it goes to like you're you're on a linear path and it's to the right and to 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 the top Right. And then there's a big break when you get high enough 
And that's almost harder because when you're low and you get hit and you go to a seventh string tight end, it's not nearly as impactful to your ego. Exactly. Right? There's like Exactly. The, it's you, like I had lost something. I, I had fallen off or like I had done something. You know, it was just like. It, you like got away like, a little bit from the core of who you are, right? Like yeah. it just because you, you start to get really good and a lot of people tell you how great you are. And then when it comes down a little bit. I mean, there's just something to that, right? I think it's fascinating that 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 was that's the answer. I think it's just because I have a a follow up to this, and and because I'm I'm curious, is that ego, in some ways, helps you get to the pinnacle, and then in some ways, it creates a you know a boundary or a obstacle or something that you have to combat or or think through. What do you? How do you view your ego? How do you view ego in general, specifically to a professional athlete? Yeah, I'd say my journey is clearly maybe everybody's journey is unique to themselves. Yeah. I'd say ego is important. I'd say ego is one of those things that everybody has it. It's like I think there's a certain role in, involved with kind of like fostering a healthy sense of it. You know, it's, it's just yeah. like grounded in reality and like truth, if you will. It's like just kind of like observant. I think that, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it just, it's so nuanced and complicated. Like that alone yeah. is a, a whole podcast. Episode. But that's a good, that's a, I think that's a great answer. It's like knowing who you are and knowing yourself and not letting it, you have to almost think about it as I, I need to control it so it doesn't get above or below, like where I can use it as an asset, not a liability. 1000%. I say that like fire, right? Fire is an interesting topic. I, I've, I've, I've thought a lot about this. It's just like fire in itself can, can roast you alive. It can yeah. burn you. It could burn all your bones and you know, leave you in, in ashes. Right. Also and save you. Exactly. But it also can be pointed almost like a dragon, if you will. It's like, you know, you direct it. It's part of a creative process. And it's like, I didn't ask for this directly, but maybe indirectly through prayer and whatever. It's like this process of fire. It's like, and through that process, kind of, you know, didn't kind of, it, it, it shaped who I was and, and the man that I became. And, and I know, and it's hard to describe uh, an experience in words, but I know that like I was, I was forever changed. And then that off season led to the situation yeah, the in New Hampshire, yeah, sure. you know, to circle back. And it's like, it was like, all it was almost like I had to go through that to get yeah. to that. Well, I want to, I actually do really want to know more about New Hampshire. Um, why did you end up going there and then walk us through those two months and some of the things like the pillars of what you were able to discover and how you were able to, to discover it? Yeah. So in the off season, I started up a production, a production company called house 17, still in operation today. It's, it's still business is, is doing great. What do they produce? Uh, produce social media content. So we work with uh, somebody, we do brand strategy, social media content. So if you want to do like, you know, TikTok videos, we produce okay. uh, Julian Edelman's podcast um, and a couple other people's as well. Um, yeah, so, um, my, my thing was, you know, I started this podcast up, found a couple of partners, um, and the pod or the pot, not the podcast, the production company was located in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And so I took a you know, a trip up there. I'm like, I'm going to go see what the, the HQ is all about up here. It's only an hour and a half from Foxborough where I was living and I was living there and I'm like, there's something about this place that it's hard to put your finger on, but it's, it's special. I did some research. Turned out Teddy Roosevelt. If you guys like history, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Teddy Roosevelt, uh, early in the 1900s, there the only foreign war settled on domestic soil was the Russo-Japanese War. So the Russians and the Japanese were, were fiercely at at you know combat with each other. They came there. You know, if my memory serves me correct. They were talking for about two weeks. Couldn't get anywhere. 
they were like, hey, listen, let's just go out on the town. Let's take a break. You know, they went to saw some plays. They had some drinks. They, you know, kumbaya. They came back together like, this is not worth it, guys. Like, that's, you know, let's call it a day. But it was interesting because, like, Teddy Roosevelt, who I admire, you know, I think he's a, you know, uh, he's a pioneer in his own right. He chose Portsmouth, New Hampshire, of all places, to do this, to bring these people to. And it's either by accident, you know, or not. And I, I don't think it was. Mm. So what are, what are your biggest takeaways looking back on it today from, from, from your, my, from your two my, months, my yeah. experience there, I'd say like holistically, again, I guess, yeah, you say? 1,000%. It's a, I got an iOS upgrade. I got an iOS yeah. download. I don't know how to describe yeah. it. Other than that, it's like my beard grew thicker. My, my, my posture grew more erect. Like I always used to have like belly fat, at like the bottom of my belly, like my, my, like it began to see the abs, like my experience. It, it couldn't changed. have just been by showing up to New Hampshire though. What were, what were the things that you were doing to get, more complete as a, like, I guess as a, a man, I don't know. Like what were you doing? Like what were you around or associated? Yeah. With? So we had a private chef. We had uh, like the, it's sometimes when you, when you deal with the certain things, it's um, it's like you talk about like Michelangelo or uh, I'm pretty sure he, he made the statue, but there's a quote about the statue of David. And they're like, how'd you make this, this thing, you know, out of, out of stone. And he's like, well, it was easy. I just removed all the, the parts that weren't, you know, it's just like we're part of the vision. You know, it was easy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think a lot of it is like that, you know, just having like, the, like I said, the chef there, my workouts plan and like my team around me, it was like, almost like it was just like, I was able to allow myself to, to come to that fruition. And so you were a, a far enough away, but enough in it to where you had a chance to kind of take a step back from all your life that you had created the chaos of normal life, but you were far enough away, but still able to do the things that you needed to do to feel like responsible. Exactly. And there's some, there's some conscious alterations that were, uh, you know, I'd say part of that process. Like what? Uh, you know, some things that you can't really speak about on a podcast, but, yeah. uh, that, you know, <laughs> the things you find in the earth and like, you know, uh, vegetables and stuff, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah that's good. Yeah. That's good. We're Great answer. Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's important. It's interesting because a lot of culture and a lot of, uh, look, a lot of the government, right, they try to control things. Um, and when you have uh, self-realization um, and there's certain things from the earth that can inspire self-realization, I think that's very, very important and very dangerous for for some who are trying to control masses. What, what do you think with Aaron Rodgers? He's kind of made like ayahuasca popular yeah, sure. and sure. he's also kind of shed some light on alternative I don't know if it's medicine or alternative ways in which you can experience mind and body and healing and, and just maybe talk not necessarily about yourself, but the way that you would look at that S or swim, as they say, someone who isn't me. Yeah. yeah, yeah there you go. Someone okay. who isn't me yeah. would. So where you can speak more freely and more yeah, generically. 1000%. Someone who isn't me would argue that, listen, certain things are, are found in the ground. Certain things expand your consciousness in ways that's hard to articulate. You know, our, our mind is a, is a byproduct of our survival. Our mind sits in the dark. It has five senses that collect all this information, right? Some things you, you input in your body, it, it changes the way your brain works. It connects neurons that otherwise would have never been connected, dots that you would have never seen. Most people think linearly. All of a sudden now you're seeing things. You're connecting things. You're, you're envisioning yourself in a way that you never were able to get past. And some things you put in your body, they, they flood your body with serotonin, most of which is made in the gut. All of a sudden now you're not looking at it from your amygdala, the point of fear. You're looking at it from a, a place of, of possibility, you know, and it's a, that's a dangerous place to be, to, to think outside the box, to think outside this, these parameters that have kind of been placed on us. I mean, the simple question is this, it's like, why do they not teach mindfulness in school? 
You know, it's like as a as a nationwide well, it's issue of control. Maybe I think too because there's no way to rate like specific. Like we're in a in a school system that is completely flawed, and and part of that is because you have to rate or judge every single thing. So if you were talking about mindfulness, like how would you give someone a grade? One thousand percent. Well, that this kind of goes back to the the overarching thing, and it's it's one of those things that is tricky to articulate. But you know, thankful for big brains like ourselves. We get, no. Yeah, well, us little brain over here. No, 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 but no. the other thing, because I, I I look at mindfulness as the same thing as sales. Sales in school is not taught, but it's you got to generate revenue to have a business. So how is it not taught? You know, it just doesn't make it's any exactly sense. Exactly. Is sales taught on the field though? Is is would you would you could you make an argument that that sales has been taught on the practice field or how uh, in the context of a team? Yeah, I mean sales is yeah, yeah it is, but it, what, people spend so much time, money and energy in, you know, traditional schooling. Yeah. Why is revenue generating not a massive part of it? Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, like those that can generate revenue create their own lives no matter what they do if you can sell and generate revenue you do whatever you want that's just that's the way of the world to me like you have a business if you can generate revenue if you don't you have an idea yeah like that's just that's That's it so yeah that's that's a great perspective i'd say everything in the universe has an origin and we talked about earlier about like dinosaurs and humans etc but the school system is no different you know it was designed for a certain purpose and you know in, in the case of you know, it's like what we have now is really a vestige of that. And it's hard to, and I was listening to the governor of New Hampshire talk about like, you know, potential like expansion of like vocational schools, you know, different types of schools, yeah. et cetera. But it's like, it's hard to measure. How is one type of, of schooling system better than another? You know, mon- monastery schools versus like yeah. The, yeah. the traditional. It's like hard to measure, right? It's hard right. to quantify. Yeah. And my thing is that, you know, it was designed for, for people to sit down Take information for you know, make them good factory workers and yes. try to absorb as many much information 100%. as they can and regurgitate on the test. It wasn't made for them to think and to, to yes. operate. And I feel like, you know, we're entering this this new era, if you will, where it's almost like we're being challenged to uh, to expand beyond those, like I said, vestiges and expand to to the the fullest potential of ourselves and just like our faculties, if you will. Totally agree. I, one of the things that we like to cover on this podcast is squeezing the most out of our opportunity in life, right? And that can go a lot of different directions. What are some things that you do, um, whether it's health, whether it's mental, but give us some like specifics on things that are driving your success today. Post, and what I mean by that is like, when you're playing in any sort of organized sport, people are telling you what to do. And then you take this journey on your own of like, you get to do things that you want to do. So what are you doing after being told what to do for a lot of years of your life? Now, you know, basically graduating into on your own, how are you flying? How are you excelling? What are you doing that is maybe specific that people that are listening can, can glean from or learn from, or even just think about. Number one is that I'm doing what I love. That's the first and foremost thing. It's like, which is what though? Which is being the CEO of this company and just, you know, pioneering and using technology to solve problems that were relevant to me and eventually expanding upon that. It's okay. like, you know, for me, it's like I felt, you know, feeling this is like almost like I just I have this feeling like I was put on this earth to do this certain thing. You know, and it's like I wake up and it's it's such a it's such a blessing. It's not even work like I, I'll, I'll work myself to the bone and push myself to like those limits. And I'm using that sort of fire, that intensity but just channeled in a different arena, if you will. And so I'd say that's, that's the first and foremost thing, because, you know, if you could put yourself in that position, it's like, you don't have to fake anything. 
you know, it's like nobody has to tell you you have to work. It's like if you're if you want to be a video producer, if you you know if you want to be a musician, if you want to be a coffee bar, you know a barista, then it's like if that's what you feel like, you know, it's just you wake up and you just love it. You want to be the best that you can be at that thing, then it's like it's like there's nothing really like holding you back from that. It's like you spend your free time like researching, listening to like people talk about, you know, what, what are the best formulas to make coffee? Like, sure. you know, what, which beans are the difference best? of a bean espresso versus drip. Exactly. I mean, that's a huge, it's thing. hard to beat a fanatic yeah. as they say. And it's like, I just feel like yeah. first and foremost, it's like, I'm a fanatic. Like I, I love business. I love strategy. I love like, so I'm playing with coach Belichick was so fun because it's like, he was a master tactician. He understood like his pieces, his chess pieces, if you will, he understood, you know, military pieces it's like he understood how they interacted with each other on the field versus what the opponent birth, was trying birth to do. from special teams which i think was very important for that's why i think he was so meticulous you know, exactly he started from special teams exactly and then secondly i'd say there's some things that are free and there's two things that really come into mind or number one nutrition i'd say nutrition is one of those things that you know it's like nobody made you put that donut in your mouth you know it's like you did that to yourself and I think that um, sometimes it doesn't need to be like so dramatic where you have to revolutionize your life. Like just ask yourself the simple question, is this made from earth or is this made by humans? Yeah. yeah. It's like if, if you could eat food that was made by earth, whether you're a vegan or, a, you know, you, you're a carnivore. I have my feelings on that. I think carnivore is a better way to go personally, but it's like, it's, you're going to, you're going to be a certain level of health that you won't be if you just stick to the middle of the grocery aisle and you eat like food that's, that's packaged and branded in such a way but ultimately it's going to lead you to your ill health. And then the second part of that is, is uh, cold showers. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that's so free. Like you, you're already taking a shower. You can start warm. You can start, you know, have it hot, like let it go down your back. But then when you're going out, it's just a challenge to yourself that, you know, just turn all the way cold, as cold as it can get, you know, uh, ideally, but just like if you can't start there, start a little warmer, but it's like you sit there and you just, you just let that the pain, just go through your body and you yeah. just force yourself to relax and to breathe and just to let it all go because it's a stressor. You know, if you could deal with that stress then you could deal with other stress that's in your life too, because it's a, it's a certain response of your system. That's a hundred percent. And that, and you know, you introduced me to cold baths a little bit case. And the, the one thing that was very difficult for me the first time I get in a cold bath, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Right. But when you said force, I, I would almost disagree with you in a way or, or maybe just misinterpret. But for me, what, and someone taught me, I was reading an article about cold baths, and when they taught me to try to remember a stressful moment and defeat it, and that's this, it's the mentality of the cold bath that's way more important than the physical nature of the cold bath that makes it so important. Exactly. So but you have to develop that. You have to develop it. You have to develop it, it otherwise this, you won't be able to sustain you, it. You won't be able to sustain it. The exactly. mentality is so important. And, and I think it's, it's critical. Cold showers, I think it's done a, it's done a lot for me. It's really, it really has. Yeah. And it's just, I feel uh, every time I take one, it's like, I'm always like my focus and my energy. It's like, yeah, it goes up. It, it just skyrockets. I'm like six, seven months in the cold plunging in sauna. And it, it's I, real. And I love it. Yeah. It's real. Once you start doing it and you start to exercise that like reaction to the pain, you start to kind of embrace it. You're like, it's, yeah, it's, like, you it. said, it's, exactly like, right. it's like, it becomes addicting. Exactly right. It becomes addicting because you, it's not the three minutes, the three minutes for at least the first minute, it sucks no matter what. Right, and then the other two minutes you can kind of tolerate. Then you get yeah. out, and you're like that rush. Yeah, you can't beat it. Yeah, you can't. And that, you it. start to really get addicted to that True. rush. Yeah, it's like it's like winning, right? Like winning. There's some like level of addiction to winning where you you know you you want to do what it takes to win and those types of things. And we we talk about that a lot on the podcast as far as like winning, what it looks like, and how do you do it. But there is a 
certainly a component. There's a physical component and then a mental component to winning, right? And so you, when, I think cold is both. Yeah, no, 1,000%. And I use the example of shower because it's like shower's a little different because you could dunk your head in an ice bath, but sometimes they have chlorine in them or they're dirty. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like where it's like a shower you can get actually on your scalp. And it's like, it's just a different level of rush. I actually think a cold shower is more difficult than a, the cold bath. In a different really? Way. I do. I, I just, I think it's like getting peppered with cold yeah. is a little bit more intense. <laughs> but when you're sitting in like an, yeah, like an isolated like bath, suggest your body, your body your, I think yeah. your body adjusts a little bit differently. So, yeah, huh. yeah, I don't know. I, that's actually really non-scientific, but I just don't, matter, I just don't yeah, like the show. It's an opinion. It's an yeah, opinion. It's, it's an expert yeah. analysis. Yeah. I, I, I like I it because not all, not all showers are like created equal either. Some that's are true. way cold. Not all water is created equal. Well, it's That's true. <laughs> but it's like, I, I just do, I do one spin around and then one spin around the other way and I just sit with it like right on my forehead or yeah. top of the scalp. Like, For so how long? Just until I feel that inner bitch just, no, we got to do it past that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to let the inner bitch. You got to let the inner bitch keep going, right? Well, you fight no, I, well, it a bit. eventually it dissipates. Eventually, it's right. Like, exactly. Eventually, I'll, I'll go through yeah, a phase. It's like yeah, there's yeah. a script. It's like yeah. you do it, and it's like you're sitting there, and it's like the inner bitch will come out, and it'll tell you. It'll feel like you're literally yeah. like if you if you the water's cold enough, right? You put ice on at the top of the thing, like, yeah. and you sit there. It's like it's gonna feel like you're dying. Like yeah. it literally feels like that painful because your whole scat, like especially on your brain, it feels like your whole head is freezing, and it's like you just sit there. And you just like, you tell yourself like, if I die here, I die. Like, you know, yeah. it's just like, that's sort of like, and then it's like. Does that come it, from football? Did you used to do that? Was there a level of. Like, you had to, you, you had to, that, that I, sort I totally of, that agree. sort of, uh, uh, sort of attitude. I felt like was like at my best, right. I was like, I was, I was able to feel that I was disposable, that I would be able to run through a wall or, yeah. or hit somebody. Yeah. Indisposable. In, no, disposable. Disposable. Dis disposable. Like, as in like. I'm, it you could know, go. It, it could, could go. It, it could go. Like I could die here, and it's like if that's what it takes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah sure, like, sure, sure. I was at my that, best. That doesn't. But matter. once you start worrying that's, about health and like your no, head, no, 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 that goes away. Then you get hurt, and then it manifests. Then and, you get hurt, and then it's like you know, it's like once you start, it's it's the beginning of the end. And, and the older that you get, it's the it's more mind than it is body, especially in business. Right. There's, yeah. there's very little that you're going to do as a CEO that's physical. I mean, there's only been several times I've had to like arm Step wrestle in, yeah. another CEO yeah. for a deal. I won, but you know, there's very few times that that happens. That's why you're here. <laughs> but also too, it's like sometimes you have to differentiate yourself and you'll say, Hey, I'll arm wrestle you for the deal. Yeah. But that's not, that's not a, it's like, I didn't know that it was a thing. I, I well, you could. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't know yeah, that. Yeah, by the way, yeah, yeah. I don't know if CEOs yeah, are going to take, yeah, take yeah, you yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a couple years later. Yeah. <laughs> so what is, what is, what are some things that, you want to do over the next five years? What are, I mean, not, maybe not just business, but personal business life wise. What are, what's, what are next steps for chase? Yeah. So my thing is, I feel like as a society, we're just kind of pointing our swords at each other, if you will. And uh, what I mean by that is when like, take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> Last time he pointed a sword at someone. Oh, oh, <laughs> he, Wins a little freaky though. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, cool. He's pointed his sword at things. And, yeah. <laughs> It's a large sword. <laughs> a lightsaber? Yeah. <laughs> it's a scimitar. It doesn't work anymore. It's oh, too old. Cool. Oh, cool. Sponsored by. <laughs> Popcorn guy just canceled us. Uh, yeah. before, before you answer the, the deep esoteric questions that you're sure. asking, which I appreciate. I've never seen you so deep. And I'm, I want to just give you a compliment. You've actually grown. Since the last time we've done a podcast, this, I feel like you guys I are, are bonding and healing. Uh, yeah. I, really wanna, I really want to. I really need to give him a compliment. But can I just? I just have a big question, real quick. Sure. Do you think that 
Michigan's going to beat Alabama. Yes. Score. Like, give me a score, score. prediction. Yeah. For 20, us, twenty-one nothing. Come on. I think Alabama's lucky to get on the board. Really, twenty-one nothing. Uh, I mean, the boys are just galvanized. I feel like you know, football past is the past, right? We're talking. We about actually we had a um, it was a uh, crimson red couch, but we swapped it out because we knew you were going. Yeah, we did. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. The other ones in the other room were like, I thought it was in the. Yeah. There's no fucking way you're going to sit on a crimson couch. No way. <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't touch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're like, hey, we don't want you so to come all the way down nothing, here. Twenty-one nothing though, because. Obviously, being from the Big Ten, you know that the the biggest issue you've always had is speed. Like, if you play an SEC school, it's like the speed is always a problem. Speaking of Northwestern, <laughs> hey, we played – I just want to say real quick, we played the University of Chicago back in the day, University yeah, of Michigan. Did. You did. And we beat them so you, – you, there's levels to this, right? Yeah. We beat them so bad that they disbanded their football program. Yeah, that's true. There's yeah. actually been a couple of times where we got beat so bad – in Division One, where I was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I was physically like gifted enough to be able to play, but our it was the lines. The difference between you know a good yeah. Division One and and a lot oh, of the no, shitty the, ones the, are like the, the big guys the, are the so are they're so big the and there's so the many of them. The D line, yeah, no, it, it and it'll be interesting. Alabama's obviously going to put up a fight. It's not going to be an easy twenty-one. But you think this is the year that Michigan does smash? Yeah, and you're, you're not speaking regard, from your heart. Regardless, regardless of score, I mean, I'm not putting money on it. Okay, I'll not put any money yeah. on it. So. I'm not telling anybody what is the spread if you up. were going to put money on it? Do you know? I don't know what the spread is. I, I would guess I it's minus, minus, minus two. I think yeah, Michigan minus, minus two, two. Michigan, Michigan yeah, minus two. Oh, really? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, minus three and a half. Uh, might go to minus three and a half. Yeah, so so clearly, like, there's obviously people that are playing that, like, hey, Michigan has the edge here. I just yeah. feel like, for whatever reason, my my intuition, right, tells me that there's this also year a sense of tradition with Michigan and the Rose Bowl. There's a there's a sense of comfort there, right? There's a sense of comfort. It helps us, and it's just like. Yeah, like I said, it's just it, Michigan's team feels different too. It's like almost like yeah, they, they've definitely gelled. I yeah. mean that the whole the whole controversy. Which, by the way, I don't know. I remember Art. We had a coach stealing signs. All that bullshit. Yeah, I think that's the NCAA trying to also social media. There's their pictures authority. of of, of, yeah, of people. But this like, is the NCAA trying. They're they're so they are so messed up right now. I really feel like this is an example of the NCAA trying to once again initiate authority because they they're they're losing it. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I think that was complete bullshit. I don't know what your opinion on that was, but I mean, the way they went about it was it seemed yeah, very wrong, a, a seri- very it's unprofessional wrong. to me. I felt that like you know Michigan being the best Big Ten team, you know, <laughs> three years in a row making the college football playoffs, like to to go after them in this manner seemed not very wise. Jim Harbaugh pissed that. somebody off, didn't he? I mean, I don't know who he, he like he pissed off to. or what what happened. You no, know, he has been, been known, known to. to. Yeah. 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 When yeah, yeah. When your light shines bright, people do one of three things: Absolutely. either they be attracted to it, blinded by it, or they try to put it out. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's and, a good point. and so his light, you know, shines bright, and, and sometimes like you know try to put that out. And unfortunately for you're them, right. they got Michigan messed up. So. Yeah. Michigan wrong. So yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting game. I'm excited for it. Well, this is gonna air a couple of days after uh, after the yeah, game. So, so twenty one to zero. Yeah, yeah. Twenty one yeah, yeah, zero. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it'll be a little it. bit closer. I think it's gonna be. I think twenty eight seventeen. I think there's gonna be more points. Yeah, I know defenses are really good, but the Rose Bowl. I think there'll be more points. It's maybe, college. Maybe maybe more points. Yeah. The, the, the twenty eight seventeen. I still think the essence, the, the 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 statement is you know, whether it's and a cover and a cover for those for those of us that maybe dabble in that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was good. Awesome. Yeah, thanks well, for listen, having me on, guys. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, you know for joining us. I do have to make a pause and uh, remember that, hey, Casey, we're on every platform. So you can download us. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on Instagram. If you want to DM us or 
DM, you know, Chase a question. That's totally fine. But yeah, again, maybe maybe Chase, if you could just tell us name of the company and where we can find yeah, yeah, the yeah, company sure. and like any different things that we like. If we want more information, we talk about a lot of different things. Most of it being personal, some football yeah. stuff. But cool blend. To, yeah, a great blend. And then business side, like there there'll be some people hopefully that would want more information. Where would we find? Yeah, so the app is called Signet, like the ring. Kings used to stamp. Like the, the ring to authenticate, like, hey, this is me that's actually yeah, I still do. It. So, so exactly. Yeah. Win, Win still does. That's why he's a big fan of the app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In awesome. his own mind, he's famous, too. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Sure. exactly, exactly. <laughs> and he's got a big sword, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we'll end that's it. Actually, that's actually the ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just ego, the ego. ego. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Not the exactly. it, just the ego. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, Signet signing on the App Store. You could download it today. Cool. Uh, give, give Both it a uh, Apple and... Uh, but yeah, it's just Apple right now, but okay. we're, okay. we're working on getting an Android developer and, uh, just really scaling it out. Yeah, I'd love awesome. that. But again, thank you very much. Yeah, this Chase, will, thanks. This will that was awesome. Wrap. You guys, this and, a pleasure. uh, this is it. Thank you.